Hello and welcome to another edition of Film Seizure at the Movies. I am Jeff Arbuckle. This time around I'm going to talk a little bit about the latest X-Men feature called Dark Phoenix and uh, the second go around to try to tell the Phoenix story. I'll get into a little bit more about that here in just a moment. But first, some housekeeping. Of course, you can catch new episodes of Film Seizure, the regular weekly podcast with myself and Jason Oliver, each Wednesday at FilmSeizure.com. You can also catch episodes of Monster Mondays each Monday afternoon at FilmSeizure.com. That's my little sideshow where I talk about monster movies. Um, you can also follow us at uh, places like iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify. We even upload our episodes to YouTube as well. So depending on how you like to uh, get in touch with us, uh, get connected to our show, follow us, whatever, you can do so at several different places. And of course, we also uh, natively upload everything through SoundCloud, so you can even follow us there. Speaking of following, you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Film Seizure. Just search for us. You should be able to find us pretty easily. All right, so let's talk about the Phoenix Saga, and as it pertains to Marvel Comics, the X-Men. Um, so I'm going to give you a little bit of comic book background. Um, I will say that there is a possibility that despite the knowledge I have in comic books, I may get some of this a little bit wrong. I apologize for that. Um, I always kind of grew up with the Avengers and Spider-Man side of Marvel, less so an X-Men fan. Although I've read the Phoenix Saga, I, I know, uh, I, I certainly know a lot about what's affected the mutants over the years but even if i haven't read those specific stories or a uh, uh expert if you will so uh the phoenix saga really kind of took place over a handful of years in the uh marvel publishing run of uncanny x-men and i again i don't know the exact issue numbers uh but i want to say that this uh, that the true Phoenix saga, the actual story of Jean Grey uh, obtaining the powers of the Phoenix, uh, struggling with its cosmic power, uh, ultimately turning into what's called the Dark Phoenix, which is a big part of what this movie and the previous attempt to bring this story to the screen kind of focused on. But uh, basically... I want to say that the that the overall overarching story was about somewhere between 35 and 40 issues of the comic. So really about three and a half, uh, maybe four years worth of, of storytelling that kind of went into the uh, the the story proper of the Phoenix saga. Basically, uh, during a mission to. Uh, to save some, uh, to save some astronauts or some or some uh, people out in space. I uh, this movie that we uh, that we're talking about here definitely uses astronauts. I'm not entirely sure that is the case in the comics. I could be wrong, but there were people in space, or there was a mission in space that that brought the X Men uh, to try to uh, basically get back to Earth. The, the systems weren't, uh, weren't going to function properly to allow them to safely re-enter the atmosphere. Uh, long story short, uh, Jean Grey decided to stay behind, try to use her psionic powers to basically shield herself, pilot the ship. It was too powerful. 
Uh, she ultimately was going to die from severe radiation, uh, and she gets cosmically linked with this entity known as the Phoenix Force. So when she reemerges, she has a great number of heightened powers that she never really had before as Marvel Girl on the X-Men. Uh, over time, uh, she kind of started losing control of the power, probably never really had control of the powers to begin with. And she was kind of easy pickings for the uh, Hellfire Club to kind of manipulate her into kind of going into a little bit more of a, um, of a darker, more um, masochistic type of role. And where she ultimately, because she had the Phoenix Force in her, she was one of the most powerful entities in the whole universe. And uh, ultimately, through the use of the Phoenix Force, uh, either destroyed a planet or an entire solar system. I can't remember exactly which one. It was pretty bad, though. A lot of loss, loss in life. And she basically stood a galactic trial or was... Uh, basically going to be found guilty of mass genocide. Uh, ultimately, she uh, sacrificed herself. Years later, she rose again as the Phoenix. There was a whole another story in there where the Phoenix that was standing trial that had been kind of with the X-Men wasn't the real Jean Grey. It was, it's a long, confusing story. It's kind of, to be honest with you, long, confusing stories are the reason why I didn't grow up as an X-Men fan. Uh, but the whole point is, is that this is a gigantic story of one of the original X-Men uh, gaining this incredible power, being unable to control it, and basically making ultimate sacrifices and kind of placing herself as one of the most beloved, uh, certainly one of the... Uh, the tippy top beloved X-Men of all time, if not one of the more beloved uh, Marvel characters of all time because of her struggle and that story and how well it was written. Uh, it was written by Chris Claremont. I believe when the story actually began, I think Dave Cockrum was still the artist. I could be wrong on that, but I know that John Byrne did the, the majority of it and did, um, I think, quite a bit beyond the completion of that story, kind of the after effect of Jean sacrificing herself and so forth. Uh, that said in whatever year it was, 2004, maybe, maybe 2005, uh, the original X-Men movie series under the, uh, brilliant, I guess, direction of Brett Radner tried to, uh, adapt that story into what's known as X-Men Last Stand. Uh, it is one of the very bottom-rung X-Men movies that had come before this one. It's not a very good movie. It's very um, tonally off. It um, seems almost cruel in a lot of ways. Uh, and I think it was especially a disappointment after how good X2 was. Uh, so it was not a very good movie. Fast forward now to this year, 2019, we have the Dark Phoenix movie, and this is kind of a interesting movie in the sense that 20th, 20th Century Fox, who always had the, the rights to produce X-Men movies, 
have sold those back to had sold to Disney and ultimately the X-Men are now back under Marvel Studios uh, control really kind of leaves a lot of questions of what to expect of this movie. This movie could very easily just be kind of a eh, who cares sort of movie. We're never going to see these actors play these characters in this iteration again. So you could see that there could be an awful lot of um, malaise or apathy towards this movie. Uh, I was one of these people that didn't quite expect too much. If I think about the most recent run of X-Men movies, uh, X-Men First Class, X-Men Days of Futures Past, and uh, the Apocalypse movie that came out a few years ago, I was okay with First Class and uh, and Days of Future Past especially. Um, I didn't really care much for Apocalypse. It's not that I necessarily ultimately disliked the movie. I just didn't really care about it. So I was kind of coming into Dark Phoenix as saying, well, you know, I'll see it to see it, but I don't expect to really care that much for it. Um, I was actually quite surprised that Going in with absolutely zero expectation, I actually enjoyed this maybe a little bit more than I thought I would. Maybe not by a whole bunch, but a little bit more. Enough to where I'd like to see it again, probably on home video or, or buy it uh, digitally or something. Um, it's by no means among the best X-Men movies, which I would say X2 certainly is one of the best comic book movies of the 21st century um, but certainly uh, much, much better than the previous attempt to turn the the Phoenix Saga into a movie with uh, The Last Stand. I am very surprised, uh, as I was prepping to, uh, to, to record this episode, I was very surprised to see how low the... Uh, the the critics reviews were on and the Rotten Tomato score was for this movie. Uh, it's only like at twenty two percent. I didn't think that this movie was very bad at all. I mean, a lot of the comments were talked about how uh, lackluster it was, how how it just was very flat and emotionless or over the top at times. I didn't really feel that. It's through and through an X Men movie which has a different feel than the Marvel than the other Marvel movies and comparing it against the other Marvel movies might be a little unfair um, particularly because there always seemed to be this other take on what superheroes were when 20th Century Fox was making these X-Men movies some of that comes from the source material where they were characters who were very much feared very much uh, uh, um, kind of uh, a lot of prejudice against them uh, for their for their abilities, for the way they look, for the way that they um, kind of carry themselves. A lot of that comes from the source material, but it just we're, we're talking about two different sets of, of comic book character movies between the Marvel movies and 20th Century Fox's X-Men series. So I, I kind of feel like that comparing it to Marvel is a little unfair. Yes, Marvel's name is on it, but it's 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 a different world. So I was a little surprised to see how hard critics kind of came down on this movie compared to uh, compared to a lot of other movies that are currently out there right now. Um, this movie is 
not that bad. It really isn't. Um, I would say that uh, there were a couple of instances in the movie where I felt like eh, if they go down this direction that we've seen before with The Last Stand, it's going to lose me. But it didn't. It course corrected and it, it really kind of brought about a little bit more of a hopeful story. Whereas The Last Stand showed a lot of death and carnage of characters that uh, that that were just basically just set up to be shot down by by Jean Grey not being able to control her Phoenix powers. Um, this movie does a better job of limiting that and and just maybe focusing a little bit more on Jean Grey not being able to really control what's happening to her. Um, however, I will say that. Knowing so, two things about this this that that you kind of can count as two strikes against this movie going in. Uh, first of all, you know that there's not another movie. You know that whatever comes next for mutant kind for the X Men series uh, will be folded underneath that Marvel universe, that Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's 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 going to this series is done. This is this is over. There's nothing more to expect. If you wanted a grander ending or if you wanted something bigger and better as it's ending, you're not going to get it. Um, so you know that there's nothing beyond this. There's no after credit scene to set up another movie. Nothing. It's over. So that might turn some people off. It certainly might create a situation where people may just not go to the movies to see it. They may just decide to wait until it comes out on home video. Uh, even though it was a 9:45 on a Thursday night when I saw this, I'm not entirely sure that there was uh, a, a particularly great showing on Thursday night preview night uh, in our theater. The other thing that I think is kind of the elephant in the room, the big mutant elephant in the room, if you will, if you are a particular fan of the Phoenix Saga this movie is going to have a big strike against it. And what I mean by that is that I wanted to talk about the Phoenix saga as it was published in Marvel comics to start, because I wanted to drive home the point that this was a three or four year story that took place. That was a slow burn that, uh, was able to impact characters in a much deeper way, uh, was able to tell their story in a much more complete way you got to see the power for all that it was, uh, the, the struggle to control it and the eventual fall of a character and, and it feel completely and totally cathartically earned is the best way I can put it because you were, you were reading this for nearly four years and it's a, and you know, if you take three and a half, four years worth of comics, multiply it by the number of pages that you normally get through in comics, you can see how complete the story is. It's about the size of a novel. Um, so you get to see the character struggle with this change in a character. Um, so the biggest problem with, with last stand was you never felt like it was all that earned that there, that this character kind of fell from grace in this movie. They do a much better job showing Jean trying to hold on to herself but not being able to control the power uh, and the the way it felt to use that power the way that the Phoenix Force felt uh, manipulating Jean so it's it, 
this movie does a little bit better, but you're not going to get that that character development, that story development. And considering uh, Jean Grey has really only been in the last couple of movies, eh, you, you don't really feel like you know her all that well. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's from a comic book adaptation. It's, it's not a very good comic book adaptation. The comic itself was very grand. It was cosmic in scale. This stays on Earth for the most part. Uh, while there are alien characters in this, and I really do take my hat off to some of the uh, to, to some of the references that are made, this movie cannot tell the story that the Phoenix Saga was. You almost need an entire trilogy of movies to set that up, and it's not a it's not something that you can make from the first three X-Men movies. So like when Marvel takes over, I don't see them going the, the Phoenix route. Um, not for a while, at least you establish your characters, you, you establish the relationship between the characters, and then you begin this kind of almost trilogy treatment of this massive story so that you can do, do it justice. So while to me, I felt as a movie, it was fine. It was it was a perfectly fine movie. I was not disappointed. In fact, I had pretty low expectation. I didn't expect to hate it, but I had. I mean, I had. I mean, it's almost. It almost says something to go in with no expectations, and then to find yourself pleasantly surprised. Then then going in with expecting the worst, but getting something you actually kind of like having zero expectations may just be the worst way that a movie can affect somebody is, Oh, I'm watching this movie because I might as well watch it. I saw the other movies that that's, that sets, um, a, a bad situation. And when you're watching that, it could bore you, it could put you to sleep. I was not, uh, affected that way. I was, yeah, I didn't have that much, uh, uh, expectation, but as the movie started, as the movie played out, I enjoyed it. Um, it's not a great movie. It's not going to be anywhere near the top of my list, but it's not going to be anywhere near the bottom of my list of the movies that I've seen this year. So um, I don't know. I mean, if you like the X-Men movies, um, you're real concerned about those extra strikes that I talked about where there's no place to go from here or you really like the the Phoenix saga story you're going to walk in with a couple of strikes against this movie hopefully this movie doesn't doesn't give you that third strike um there is a little bit of a problem with the trailers for this movie it, it gives away a little bit too much but um it's uh, i mean if you're just looking for some good summer entertainment with superheroes that aren't the avengers or aren't spider-man um, I don't know. You could probably do a whole lot worse than this movie. Um, there are movies that are out right now that you can certainly do a whole lot worse than. Um, I would definitely check it out if you have any kind of feelings towards the X-Men and particularly towards the X-Men films. All right. So, uh, to, at the end of the day, if I were to say, okay, well, if I gave this a score out of say five, I, I went in expecting this movie to be no better than two and a half stars out of five. Um, if you really want to know how I feel about it, I'd probably say this is a three or maybe a three and a half star movie. It was, 
this was the second movie I saw in a double feature tonight, and I was not bored with it. I was, I mean, it's not the greatest, but it certainly was better than I was worried that it was going to be. So take that for what it, what it, for what you like. I mean, your mileage is going to vary probably on this. It really kind of depends on what you expect from this story, what you expect from X Men, what you expect from the action or the at times melodramatic. Um, uh, dialogue maybe I guess I mean I saw that that did come up a few times in the other uh, reviews that were kind of slamming this movie it really kind of it really does kind of read like either a very early X-Men movie or like comic books do and certainly melodrama is something that uh, the X-Men have had a ton of in their history uh, in the comic book side of things so your mileage may vary I, I thought it was a perfectly fine movie. It's it's a movie that I'd like to see again, probably not in the theater, but uh, something I will certainly consider renting or possibly even uh, buying when it comes out later. So, I I mean, I think if nothing else, that's certainly a, a positive review, or at least on the positive side of middle of the road. Um, all right, so... Um, Back to a little bit of housekeeping. Like I said at the beginning, you can always find new episodes of Film Seizure at FilmSeizure.com on Wednesdays. Uh, we are, speaking of movies that have dark in the title, or dark as a uh, character nickname, if you will, our next episode of Film Seizure takes a look at Donnie Darko. Uh, we had just released an episode called uh, All the Colors of the Dark, which was an, an Italian giallo movie. We're also going to be talking about The Dark Knight himself as we celebrate the 30th anniversary of the 1989 Batman movie a little bit later in June. So I guess Dark Phoenix came out at the right time to talk about all these dark quote-unquote movies. Um, so anyway, um, you can always follow us at Facebook and Twitter, uh, at Film Seizure. You can find our episodes on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, or Apple Podcasts. Um, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, you can even find us on YouTube. Uh, so until the next time we go to the movies, uh, save me the aisle seat and I'll talk to you later. Did you hear what the kids are calling you? Phoenix. Phoenix.